Please remain behind the yellow stripes until your test vehicle comes to a complete stop. Just stay in your seats, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll blow you up as soon as possible. Out of the deep freeze into your heart, you gotta think about every bite you take. In this urban paradise, we have located one individual who has reached the very pinnacle of health and fitness. It is now our pleasure to present the unqualified champion of healthy living. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 587, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience, but I also want to bring you a little bit of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, live video broadcast and chats every Wednesday night on Facebook, blog, special events, including our virtual Meet to the Month, books, audio tours, and more, whether it's your first time visiting the Disney parks or you've been hundreds of times, if you're planning your next Disney vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, welcome, thank you. Please go back and check out some of the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. Please subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, and you can find everything else at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week to answer more of your questions and pose some for you to answer as well. Topics this week include an extinct, unique show that once took place in front of the Magic Kingdom, rumors of a new Disney water park, moderate resorts in Walt Disney World, current and former Disney Parks music, and some best-of-the-best lightning round questions. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for some more updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Now more than ever, we need each other as a community to be there for each other, support one another, and help each other any way that we possibly can. And while these are strange and difficult and confusing and frustrating and, yes, scary times, I still not only want to help you, but bring you some of that Disney magic and positivity and hopefully um, some happiness with and through the show and the community. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week, uh, pick out some of your questions to answer on the show and have some fun along the way. And joining me is someone who also loves to help. It's what she does. 
dare I say, it's what she lives for, to help wonderful travelers like yourselves and have a little bit of fun too, usually in a lounge club with numbers in its name, etc. She is, of course, Becky Mankin, the queen of the castle over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. You had to go ahead and mention lounges because right now I am missing them. I am missing going out of my house. I am missing being inside an airport. I am missing packing my lonely suitcase. I I don't know what to do with myself right now. <laughs> These are strange days and I think we are all missing uh, the Disney parks and resorts uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and I think, you know, what's interesting, Becky, is I think that for a lot of people, you are maybe realizing or validating the idea that the thing that we miss about the Disney parks is not the Disney parks itself. And what I mean by that is I don't think anybody is saying that they miss riding Big Thunder and they miss seeing the show and they it's they miss just being there, right? They just miss being in Magic Kingdom and just hearing the sounds of the trolley go by and that ragtime music in the background or wandering world showcase or, you know, stepping foot inside Pandora or galaxy's edge and just being surrounded by people like you that get it. Um, And it is, it's just that feeling of being in this wonderful, safe, happy place. Yeah. You actually asked that question the other day and, and said, what's the first thing you're going to do when you can go back into the parks? And you, you know, said drink, people, understandably. No, I, I actually, get it. No, that's fine. I actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I may have thought it, but I did not say that other people were thinking about, you know, what attraction they're going to go on or, or what queue they're going to go stand in or, or what fast pass they're going to grab. And immediately my thoughts were going to, I just want to walk into the gates of magic kingdom I want to get a coffee from Starbucks. I want to sit somewhere on the side and on Main Street on a bench and just soak it all back in. I mean, I had no idea how much I would miss just the atmosphere, the music, the sounds, the smells. And yes, for you, I know you missed the taste. <laughs> no, you're, you were dreaming about corn dogs and popcorn and chimichangas, um, things in a cone. I I just want to have that that feeling of sitting there and watching everybody enjoy the parks and listening to the background noises. I, I crave that so much right now. And then after that, I'll go have a drink. (laughs) What? Yeah. You know, we keep talking about where we would go first and what we would eat first for you would be, what would you drink first and where would you go? And, you know, yes, I want to ride the TTA and and the haunted mansion. I just want to, but like you said, I just want to sit on main street. I want to just sort of be able to be in that place uh, again in any way, because I do, I miss it. And it sort of, it, it hurts my little heart not being able to be there. So um, there's a good chance I'm going to weep when I walk in the gate. I will out and outright cry when I step foot back into the boathouse. So I'm preparing myself for, what's to come but as far as i I fear for the people at the boathouse because you were going to go running in there like uh, (laughs) i have a a picture in my head but i can't articulate it correctly but it's going to be a hot mess um so i hope they're prepared for you it's um it's going to be difficult to not actually go and hug them i will keep my social distancing guidelines appropriately as dictated but man i'm gonna feel like i want and look i I'm not kidding. Like, I do miss 
the physical contact. I miss the meats of the month. I miss sweaty hugs at the marathon. Like I, I do. I miss that. And I cannot wait to we get back to some semblance of normalcy in the Disney parks. Uh, and and in terms of questions this week, you know, I think we're going to this is sort of a in a very special edition of listener email. <laughs> we, I, I want because the parks are closed, um, I, I want to mix in some listener questions that maybe are not necessarily vacation planning specific, like, oh, I'm supposed to be coming in August because I think a lot of those plans have changed. I want to mix in some things that will allow for some general conversation and a few opinions, and maybe we'll have a little bit, oh, you look scared because you know that you don't know what I might be throwing out at you. I'm and always this scared. Is, well, this in- is part of the fun. In the normal world, I'm terrified. And then you just have to, you know, throw in two months of captivity. And I'm definitely, yeah, bring it on. All right. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lead in with, um, I I did sort of do a little bit of inbox reconnaissance um you're to not try supposed and to do that beforehand <laughs> well that's it, not how the rules are played you probably wouldn't have liked the first one that i picked out randomly which is why i was like let me just throw you a softball right let me sort of ease you into this um and also for you the listener one that might be or should be helpful to you as you do start to think about planning your next trip back to the parks. And I think we realize now more than ever the importance of using a travel agent like MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. So with that, I give you a question from Scott Wortman. Like me, it's short and it's sweet. It says, in your opinion, what is the best moderate resort? Now, I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Obviously, we know that Caribbean Beach, Coronado Springs, and the two Port Orleans resorts, French Quarter and Riverside, are moderate. I, be- is, I believe the cabins at Fort Wilderness are also sort of classified as moderate technically, but I don't necessarily think of them as a moderate because they're cabins. Um, so for you, and I know you don't normally stay in the moderate resorts, but if you were to say that you had a favorite, I will let you go and answer first. Um, hands down, because this does fit in the moderate category. I am in love with Coronado Springs at the Grand Destino Tower. I I think that is probably to me that the tower itself is the best moderate on property. Um, in, in terms of the des- it, granted it's brand new, but the design, um, aesthetic, the the uh, activities and the um, restaurants. It, that are available to you. I think that it is one of the, especially, I know, just wait, I'm going to go here for a second. If you bump up to the concierge level, it's probably one of the best concierge levels on property. And I, I think that for the money, uh, what you get in the tower is one of my very, very favorite places to stay. And I have stayed there several times, by the way. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. So and I, and I think the tower it's almost cheating, right? It's almost having adding that into Caribbean Beach is almost cheating because I want to sort of put a little asterisk on that because I think that's a very easy answer, not just because you mean it's into newer. Coronado. I'm sorry, into Coronado, into Coronado. Sorry, Beach. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Because traditionally, you know, all of the moderate rooms at Caribbean, the the Port Orleans have had certain features that are 
unique, not unique to, but specific to all the modern resorts. So, for example, they all always had um, um, the rooms were always exterior uh, available via exterior hallways. Right. So if you think of Caribbean, the Port Orleans resorts, even the Coronado Springs, this is different. Right. This is the first sort of tower hotel in the moderate category. Like I almost didn't even think of Grand Destino because it's it's like moderate plus. Right? It's it technically is. a moderate. It, it, it is, is a... technically a moderate. And I think that you're right. I think I mean it's and I say it's moderate plus because it is a tower. It does have different di- I mean a, a different level of dining, but it still does come in in the moderate resort category in terms of pricing. Um and, and I think that's one of, of the beauties of it too. You know, for me, when I thought about it, I almost sort of mentally excluded Grand Destino, right? Because it's like moderate with an asterisk for me. I started to think about the ones that traditionally I would go and visit. And and I've always had this love of the Port Orleans resorts for a number of reasons. Um, I think Caribbean Beach Resort has a possibility, what I think was almost, um, for a lot of people, one that was where they would go if they couldn't stay somewhere else or based on price or based on theming. Now, because of the Skyliner, Caribbean Beach all of a sudden moves way up because you've got that conveyance, that transportation system that is also an attraction, I think. There's There's a huge convenience factor with that as well but i've always been partial to the the port orleans resorts um i've loved the theming i love the pools i didn't even mention the dining um at there now although port orleans french quarter doesn't have its own table service restaurant it's a very quick walk or or bus or boat ride away from Riverside, um, and and I love boat rights, and I love River Roost Lounge, and of course I love Yeehaw Bob. Um, if I had to choose, you know, it's really hard because I think, like you said, Grandestino is sort of a of a game changer. And when I think of Grandestino, I go right out to Three Bridges outside. Mm-hmm. I think of the Dahlia Lounge. I think of the dining options. The the new rooms in there are spectacular. They're very clean. Um, I love the the simple yet comfortable lines and colors and theming inside. Um, I, I'm gonna st- I, I might stick with Port Orleans just for the nostalgic in in my heart um, because I think also too the the one thing I, I'm gonna make my own argument for myself to bump Port Orleans. <laughs> the one thing that Grand Destino does not have that I wish that they did was a a quick service option inside the resort. You can walk through a breezeway over to Coronado uh, and there's the marketplace over there, but I would almost love sort of a quick kind of grab and go. You can get some little breakfast muffins and stuff like that from the lounge downstairs in the morning. But I think that's the only thing that the resort is missing is just that the quick service grab and go type of an option. Yeah, but that walk isn't that far. Actually, it's it's a really quick um, walk to go grab to do the grab and go over at Coronado. So, I I'm st- I'm still gonna stick with that. <laughs> I while I love Riverside and, and French Quarter because I I like the um, intimate feel of those resorts. Even though they are close together, they still feel um, very cozy and very comfortable and some great dining options over there 
clearly, and yes, beignets, um, <laughs> which you can't go wrong with a good beignet. And then you have the the water transportation over to Disney Springs, which is um, a, a nice benefit too. But uh, for the longest time, uh, poor Caribbean Beach was suffering um, reputation-wise from just being so spread out. It was hard to get a bus, and uh, a lot of people were kind of that wasn't their favorite place to go. Uh, but like you said, the Skyliner became a game changer because if you're in one of the buildings that is down there next to the Skyliner uh, station, that really does improve um, the transportation options. And for the low cost of the Caribbean Beach, being able to easily get to Epcot or to Hollywood Studios, it's hard not to to make an argument for that. Yeah, but you know, and then I go back to something that she said, obviously, because hi, Becky, that back at, at, I think if you want to sort of do a moderate plus, and I, and I think Grandestino can almost rival some of the deluxe resorts. Yeah. Um, I think the Kronos Club in the tower, which is the concierge lounge, mm-hmm. I th- like you said, is not only one of the nicest concierge lounges i mean i i just i peer in the window and i look in and i wave to all the happy people inside but um i did get a chance to tour it when the uh, resort first opened it's beautiful it's comfortable they have all of the different you know snack and dining options it's also the best value in terms of Coronado, uh, in terms of concierge level upgrades because they can run from you know the hundreds of dollars to 275 per night plus depending on the resort and the room tier in the season and Kronos Club you know if you time it just right could be less than a hundred dollars per night to upgrade to concierge level and depending on how you travel and how you vacation with your family like that might be like one of the best values that you can get in terms of concierge yeah because they're uh the menus that they serve in there it, it's not just um basic finger food they really do have a well thought out menu that they put out for both breakfast and for snacks uh, in the in the midday and the dinner options i mean i when i was there i think i ate um most of my main meals up there in the concierge level because it was so good and there were great options and it was a great value you're right Becky, just so you know, a pina colada is not considered a meal per se, like by definition. It but has you, fruit. You do it has, you. It has <laughs> one, of the, one of the basic food groups. So come on. <laughs> so question for you, my friend, the listener, which is your favorite of the moderate resorts and why? I'll put that question inside the Box People group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash community. Would love to hear your thoughts as to which moderate resort you love most and why. But we're going to move on to a question from Vanessa Otts, who says, Lou, I was reading in either Entertainment Magazine or Time Magazine that Disney is planning on building a themed water park in Charleston, South Carolina. It said that they purchased land and were expecting crowds of 50 to 70,000 people per day. Is this true? It was a recent magazine article, but it's just a snippet. I can't find the magazine to verify that I read it correctly, but I'd really like to know. Vanessa, my friend, uh, you, like many others, uh, every year or two or so, this conversation, this rumor, this speculation comes up again. One day it's Charleston, South Carolina. 
The next day, it's somewhere in mid-Texas. The next day, it's Colorado. Insert your state here because chances are it's made the rounds. Uh, South The Carolinas, I will tell you, uh, Virginia, Texas are some of the ones that continue to be brought up in terms of I know that my best friend said that Disney just bought 50 acres of land from his uncle's butcher's cousin's nephew and Disney. And there are oftentimes newspapers that report same that it, that Disney is definitely coming, um, which I think is great if you want to drive up potential land speculation values. Uh, however, as far as we know, there are no plans currently to build any sort of theme park, any new resorts, uh, certainly not a themed water park in South Carolina. I know the rumor of a water park comes up every few years ago. For for a while, New Jersey, um, New Jersey and New York were um, an area of great speculation in terms of Disney buying property and building up there. And then once again, the, the same argument comes back to why they didn't build there in the first place, um, which was weather and it being so incredibly seasonal. Um, I will tell you that we did do a show about some of the unbuilt Disney parks and some of the concepts that were much closer to reality than speculation back on show 558. We talked about some of the unbuilt Disney parks. Uh, Becky, I have a question for you. Oh, boy. And for you, (laughs) our friend who's the listener. If Disney said, listen, we want to build another park, whether it be theme or water or any combination of the two, somewhere else in the United States, where would you like to see that park and why there? Seattle, Washington, so I don't have to fly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all the way up here in this corner up here, and we, we are, you know, Big, huge Disney fanatics up here in the uh, in the Pacific Northwest. I know it's uh, 24 hours by car down to get to L.A., so it'd be nice to have something in my backyard. But it's sure. so cold and rainy up there. It's, you know what? Uh, a couple of days ago, it was 85 degrees here. It was Did everybody just one- melt. Did you? <laughs> nobody knew what to do. They thought like it was the apocalypse. It was snowing in New York, and it was 85 degrees in Seattle. Just saying, <laughs> and it was actually one degree less than it was in Orlando the same day. So, bring on May 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, arguments could be made for a, a new attraction park water park something anything disney does is going to be uh something that families are going to flock to but an argument can be made for many areas within the united states um there are big populations of people in different areas um i think a lot of it would have to be well i i say this with a little bit of trepidation that uh an argument would have to be made based on weather but then again if you look at orlando you're going to just go there and melt the moment that you walk in there in summer so um for me personally i'm going to be selfish and say bring it on to the pacific northwest we'll take great care of you up here <laughs> yeah you and know i think salmon. there's there's arguments to build in a in a variety of different lo- locations i remember a few years ago where they were talking about, and again, it was verified and everybody knew it was coming, that Disney was going to build a park in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. 
Um, right. You know, you talk about weather. You talk about weather in Seattle. Michigan says, "Hold my beer." Um, <laughs> so it would be interesting, um, you know, to see because again, there's so many different, um, uh, so many different variables that come into play. Weather um, being just one of them. You know, the, also the proximity to California and Orlando. You know, you also don't want to do something that's going to potentially cannibalize um uh you know tourism to either of those places i don't know what the answer is i don't know that we would ever see an, uh, a third disney park domestically uh, i know years ago do you remember when they were talking about building um disney quests throughout the country uh they were going to put one in new york i think they were going to put one in Somewhere in the Midwest, which was going to be an expansion of, and they were the, the one in New York was going to be in Manhattan. Um, it w- they were going to uh, be an expansion of the idea of what they were building, what they had in downtown Disney, um, in Walt Disney World, and they were going to have these sort of destinations, possibly even hotels in these locations as well. For a variety of reasons, they didn't happen. Uh, I don't know that they ever will, um, but it would be interesting. And again, I would love to know from you. Other than your own backyard, where in where in the United States would you like to see another Disney park, uh, and why there? You know what what can they put there that would make it so unique? And look, whether it's Arizona or Texas or somewhere in the Northeast, where a, a huge population of Walt Disney World visitors come from, um, it would be interesting conversations to have. But yeah, definitely go back and check out Show Five Fifty Eight for uh, some other unbuilt Disney parks. That almost were. Uh, I mean, I, I was just thinking about the success of Elani um, taking the Disney flavor and, and putting it in a different location. That's been wildly successful there. And you could almost do things like that in different locations that have, again, a little bit of the flair and the taste of, of the Disney magic without being a full-blown theme park, too. Well, that's part of what they were thinking about doing for New York. Um, they were It wasn't going to be a theme park, but it was going to be a you know a multi-story tower with this sort of Disney was, quest or like, Disney uh, club. Right. Yeah, Great Wolf Lodge on, on Disney. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting. And, and who knows, you know, what might be planned um, for the, uh, the future. I, I know there was a Disney... There was a Disney quest in New York in the late 90s, but it really was just uh, a very small derivation of what they have in in Florida, what they had in Florida. How about if they did something that was like, this would be the ultimate, have like um, a hotel complex somewhere that was all based on Marvel and all the Marvel characters and all the, like a big massive hotel that you lived the experience and go to the academy. Stop it. What? Because you know I would just live there. Just build the yeah. Avengers Tower. Just build Avengers Tower yes. or the Avengers. No. How about if... They- <gasps> wait. Oh wait. <laughs> what if they built an Avengers campus where you would go much like the Halcyon for like a, a Star Wars like cruise type experience. You go to the Avengers campus for like superhero training for two yeah. or three days and you live your superhero days? adventure. Did you just say days? Somebody write this down. Oh, months? days. <laughs> Can we go months? Uh, weeks. How about weeks? Like a four-week tr- immersive training program. I, oh, I think that's and awesome. Cap just comes out, and like when you first all check in, and you're all there, and he's like, Avengers, assemble. Oh, my. Forget <laughs> it. 
my brain is falling out of my little excitable head. Yeah, you thought the Halcyon was cool? Yeah, you would you would have to be drug Forget out of there it. kicking and screaming. It's like I'm sorry, Mr. Mongello, your 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 Amex is uh is ref- refusing the charge. You need to leave now, sir. Pack my underoos, <laughs> I'm on my way. That's all I have to say. So I just got really excited about this idea. Um an Avengers campus. So so glad Deep I could make your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look, I'm a seven-year-old kid trapped in a <clears throat> 50-something-year-old body. So, all right, let's move on. We're going to go forward by going backwards. And longtime listener and friend Kelly Lindzenbigler says, I have a throwback question from when I was a kid. Insert dream sequence music here. I kind of remember. Oh, thank you. A water ski show in front of the Magic Kingdom. Or am what? I thinking of one of the older Florida water parks? Now this, so Kelly, this is interesting because a lot of times I'll get questions and they say, I remember at Walt Disney World, there used to be this thing. There, I, I'm convinced they had this thing at, at Walt Disney World. And maybe it wasn't there, but it was sometimes at some of the nearby hotels and resorts. But believe it or not, like the Ripley's TV show of the late 1980s, uh, there actually was a water ski show in Magic Kingdom in the early 70s. Um, this was something that that goes back to when Walt Disney World opened, the, the tagline, the moniker, and really sort of the, the mission of this park to distinguish it from a place like Disneyland was that it was going to be the vacation kingdom of the world. This is not where you just went to go ride attractions and see shows and, and meet characters, but really it was a place to go and vacation. That's why they built the, the campgrounds at Fort Wilderness, right? And they had so many activities outside of the confines of the gate. So early on, uh, they were testing a lot of different ideas for shows on land, in hotels, and yes, even on the water. And it was called... The Wonderful World of Water Ski Show. It was also, I think it was also called Goofy's Wonderful World of Water Ski Show, depending on when you looked at the old recreation guides. Um, Tickets or a whopping, sit down for this, it's clearly for the elite, tickets were 50 cents. Wow. Each. Um, nice. Or I think you might have been able to use a D ticket. I have to look at some of my old tickets. Uh, so they had shows five times throughout the day and night. So they actually had nighttime shows as well. And I think part of the the reason was to help spread out the crowds in the Magic Kingdom. Remember, in, you know, 71, 72, 73, the the only thing that was there was Magic Kingdom. So you had the Poly, the Contemporary, the the Golf Resort, which is is now shades of green, and Fort Wilderness. So they really had to find things to do to get people outside the gates of the Magic Kingdom, which is actually where this water ski show took place. Uh, it actually took place on the Seven Seas Lagoon multiple times a day. And if you f- go back and look, and there's a if you go back and find, there's an old like Vacation Land magazine from like seventy two or seventy three. There were some promotional postcards and images that Disney put out. It was actually really impressive. Um, they had this like three tiered eight person water skiing pyramid. They had first tested out these um, 
like flex wing kites that were like hundreds of feet over the water. They had this huge ramp out front where they did all these like cool water ski jumps. Um, so it was a, a fantastic show from a entertainment water ski perspective. But to make it even more Disney, they actually had characters in full costume. What? Do the math. Goofy, <laughs> Pluto, Dumbo, the Fantasia hippos were all out there um, doing water ski acts. They were coming up onto the beach where, and, and that's where you would sit. You would sit on this um, um, sort of grassy knoll, right, sort of on the uh, just outside of Magic Kingdom to watch the show. Like it wasn't like you had. Um, there wasn't like a seating venue. There wasn't sort of this, you know, um, um, theater that you would go and sit on. You'd sort of, you know, sit down and squat like you're watching, you know, a baseball game from out in left field somewhere. And you would watch um, on the beach and, and the characters come by. It only lasted about, I think, two seasons. I think it only lasted two summers um, before. That popular, it's... huh? Well, I, I think it was not that it wasn't popular. I think it was just a test of not only what were guest satisfiers, but what was going to be unique. Uh, remember, about this time, SeaWorld is open. Um, and actually, I think a lot of the people that left who were part of the water ski show here ended up going over to SeaWorld because they started like, hmm, oddly enough, not long after this, SeaWorld starts their own water ski shows. Um <laughs> But, you know, this is, look, it also, I think, started to lay the groundwork for other shows that we saw later on, including um, uh, Skylidoscope in, in Epcot, where there was things on the water and up in the sky. Look, even now, Epcot Forever, with having things on the water, and you've got those those kites with the trailing tails, much like you saw in the water ski show, um, you know, still... Um, still being used uh, to the day. So um, it didn't last very long. Um, I don't ever remember seeing it personally. I've only seen pictures and ads for it. I'd love to know if anybody actually was there or has pictures of themselves or their family on the beach um, watching the, the wonderful world of water ski show. Really cool. I had no idea that that even happened. I learned something today. You know, maybe I need to do a show about like extinct i can't believe this existed in walt disney world kind of stuff because there's a lot of things that were here and sometimes gone relatively quickly that people might be like that's not true there's no way they had this and i won't spoil it because i've already got like four or five in my mind and i'm not just talking about the astuter computer review and ham and eggs and things like that i mean things that are that like the water ski show you might never have even known existed. So I need or, to write this in, down. Or in Disneyland where you um, had the wonderful world of bras on, <laughs> on Main Street. Well, not only did you have that, people, but you had pack mules. I mean, there was yeah, a lot of Disneyland, man. The Woo. insurance the insurance shop, you could actually, people look at me like I'm nuts when I talk about the different stores. There were actually um, stores that you could walk into on Main Street and shop for these things. So the moment that you talked about, yeah, there was an actual lingerie shop on Main Street in Disneyland, and you get all kinds of looks. 
yeah, there wasn't a uh, there wasn't a Wizard of Bras, which really was the name. I'm not making it up. There was no Wizard of Bras in Walt Disney World, but no. Main Street USA had its own fair share of interesting shops, as did Liberty Square. Uh, again, I won't spoil it, but I'm assembling this top so ten, which show. is now already yes. more than top ten um, in my <laughs> mind. So. Top 10 things you can't believe ever existed in Walt Disney World. Um, <laughs> all right, let's find a um, let's find another um, another one. Um, that's all right. So as long as we're going as long as we're going backwards in time, Jeffrey Farnsworth and well, I hear the name. This is wow. Really weird, weird associ- word association. I hear Farnsworth. I think Heaven Can Wait, one of my favorite movies as a kid with Mr. F- Never mind. Warren Beatty, <laughs> great movie. Um, he says, hey, Lou, this is the way my brain works. I'm sorry you have to be part of witness this. He says, hey, Lou, it's who is the singer of Energy, You Make the World Go Round? I know the song was written by Bob Moline, but who actually sang it? The song's beautiful, uplifting med- melody has gotten under my skin, and I am blown away at not finding one single video of this or any of the other incredible Moline songs being performed live. What do you know about this? Oh, guru of trivia. A lot of pressure. Thank you for your time in advance. An appreciative fan of your passion, spirit, and commitment to doing what makes you fulfilled in life. Wow, Jeffrey Farnsworth, thank you so much. It's the nicest question in the world. First of all, I need to add this to the list. Top 10 things you couldn't believe were in Walt Disney World. Michael Iceberg. I kid you not. Yeah. And I'm happy that you said, oh, I'm not kidding. And the incredible iceberg machine. What? You know not. Oh, yeah. Like iceberg right ahead? No, that's. Yeah, I'm going to. Now I have to do this episode. Um, Yeah. Michael Iceberg and the incredible. It was in Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's go back to energy. You make the world go round from uh, with the wow. I hate to say the now extinct um, uh, universe of energy attraction mm-hmm. in Epcot Center, which was actually one of my favorites when I was a kid. Like I thought that the size and the scope of I loved the pre-show. Uh, and part of the reason why is I, too. Like you, I love the the lyrics. Sing it, Becky. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Do you even know the? Do I you think even I know do, those? Because I, I I have to hold for uh, Disney reservations for a long time. I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try and resist oh, singing. Come on, it. Sing. Oh, I know, but I have Make it a first. Listen, and you'll feel the heartbeat of a universe teeming with force. See all the forms and the faces Sorry, of nature taking us. It's in my sure mind. I'm is. singing it, and it sounds you glorious. You need to sing it out loud. And so feel so the I... wonderful motion flowing through things far and near. Nature will share her secrets. All when I can we are hear is hear. flames out the side of my my head. That's all I hear right now. So Energy. At least give us a little. These okay. are a few of your faces. Oh, you were glowing. so close. Come on, I'm, I'm really close. <laughs> but okay, so. I'm I'm not singing it because I don't want to ruin the memory for you. But yes, it was the Bob Spider-Man Moline, so brilliant, right um, brilliant songwriter. And it's actually hard to track down who sang this song. Um, and I, I actually I had to do a little bit of research to find this one in advance. Um, it's actually Google? sung by John Joyce. And the only way that I was able to find it was going back to 
uh, a CD I have. And kids, CDs were like these small discs that you put into machines and they made music come out. Um, the old, the official album of Walt Disney World Epcot Center uh, had the song on it. Um, and it was the only time that I've actually seen John Joyce's named mentioned um but bob moline um if you go back and look at some of his work um he has he's done a ton of things for the parks including we'll stick in epcot center uh golden dream which i'm not going to sing listen to the land just listen to the land we all love nature's plan will shine above let's listen to the land listen to the God, I love that song so much. Um, you know, you have no problem singing in the car. So just just go ahead and belt out a couple of lyrics for us. <laughs> One of these days. Oh, yes. God, I love listening to the land. It was so years. 70s. Um, Canada, the original song from Canada, uh, Your Lifetime Journey, was his as well. Uh, fantastic, fantastic songwriter. Why did I think um, that? For some reason, the song that I thought in my head about the Universe of Energy one, I thought it was a woman. So I'm I'm thinking of the wrong song. How does that song go? Oh, that you song. don't like it, do you? <laughs> <sighs> I'm not. I, if you're not going to sing, I'm not going. Yeah. To sing. So this this if was you the sing original. It together. This was the yeah a duet. Two th- top ten things that'll never <laughs> ever happen in this universe. Or uh, multiverse, Becky and I singing a duet. So. <laughs> never say never. You you never know. Um, but yeah, so Bob Moline actually passed away, um, I think, 2010, 2011. Um, but, you know, his work can still uh, be heard, if not necessarily everywhere in the parks, at least in the memories of us who are uh, early Epcot Center fans. Am I thinking of? I have. I'm just going back to my brain that there's a song that I'm thinking of that I hear all the time on hold. I'm not going to help you. I'm going to wait until you remember it and then start singing it. Okay. So, all right. So let's let's stick in the Disney Park music. I also need to do the best of the best or a top ten Disney Park songs. Um, this was. You know what I need to resurrect. I'm going, way, I'm going way back to the beginning of WW Radio in 2007. It was a segment that I started on my old show, Mouse Tunes, and we continued. I did the the Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World, where I took this the concept of the Seven Wonders of the Real World, and I brought them in to the idea of the Seven Wonders of Walt Disney World. I need to revisit that. I've never actually repeated a segment in now what is 15 years of podcasting. But I'm going to do, I'm going to write down Seven Wonders of, wow, my chicken scratch. I'm never going to be able to read that. Seven Wonders of Walt because the music did, of Walt Disney World was one of the Seven Wonders. Um, and so, uh, long time, it says long, 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 multiple long time listeners. Cindy Potter Gus says, do you know if there are any websites where I can find and stream Disney Park music? I had a favorite site that's now shut down. I love listening at my desk to the music. And ride spiels. It makes my workday feel magical. Thanks for your help. Best to you and your family. Long, 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 long time listener, City Potter Gus. Uh, you know, for a long time, it was really hard to find legal Disney Park music online. <laughs> um, there were some sites that were, you know, streaming it and offering it, but like you said, they would get shut down. Uh, thankfully, we have things like Spotify which not only have a lot of Disney Parks music, but there are some amazing Spotify playlists that have been curated by 
fellow Disney enthusiasts that you can find. Uh, if you look up Disney Parks music, you'll find a, a, a plethora of different ones, including some of these older and hard to find ones or some great background music that you'll find uh, that maybe you didn't know how to find by name. But you'll but you'll hear it and you'll recognize it. I know for me for a long time my my white whale, my holy grail of music that I couldn't find was the song that played on the radio at Kilimanjaro Safaris. Becky, Kilimanjaro, you're looking at me quick. Kilimanjaro Safaris is this attraction <laughs> <Yes>. in what <laughs> I'm trying to think on the radio? Yeah. So um you you were you're you're sitting there and you're hearing uh, Warden Wilson Matua um, talking and he's interrupt interrupting some of the different radio and then after he sort of talks about what's going on the the song was called Hapa Duniani <laughs> so say that I, five times fast right <laughs> if you if you go to Spotify where you just look up Kilimanjaro Safari radio music you'll be like oh I know exactly what he's talking about I love that too um, because it it would stick. In my head, it didn't play very long. It doesn't play for very long. <laughs> Excuse me, but bless you. Thank all bless you too. But um, so yeah, Spotify I think is um, is one of the. Or if you have Apple Music, I'm I, I'm sure that there are probably some um, in there as well. Becky, do you have a favorite? Again, you talk about sitting on hold all day, um, and they play Disney Parks music when you call. Do you have a favorite Disney Park? Attraction song, background music, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to my my childhood. And every time it comes on, I don't want to go off hold. Um, but it, it's a classic and it's a, just, it's not random. It's the Haunted Mansion. I love, love, love the Haunted Mansion ride um, uh, music. And the, the whole, that they actually, in part of the cue music, they have the entire ride. So you can sit there and ride the entire ride on hold while you're, you know, doing email and catching up with other things. But that's probably the one that I love the most. So I love that answer because I love the attraction. I, I love the song. I love. And what I love is that Grim Grinning Ghosts, other than the the Bridal March, um, the Here Comes the Bride March, Grim Grinning Ghosts is the only song you hear Throughout the attraction, it is rearranged in lots of different ways and, and played using different instruments, and, and it's sped up and slowed down, but it is the only song that you hear throughout the entire attraction, uh, which I think is brilliant in how you can take a single piece of music and rearrange it in, in different ways to make it sound like a completely different song. So It was one of the very first albums I ever owned because my dad gave it to me, and I memorized every single word throughout the entire attraction before I went to Disneyland. How does that and song I still go sing again? <gasps> I didn't we'll have to wait for that. We'll I have didn't... to have top 10 things that we sing. Becky, uh, let me just explain something <laughs> to you. Despite um, what you might think, despite what you might think. And you, you trying to drive and drink coffee and sing Blood on the Saddle at the exact same time. And I oh, thought we were my all- poor children. You know, you just made me, when you said that, when I used to pick up my kids from school when we lived in South Florida, um, I would I would serenade or torture, however you want to, to think of it. I would, yeah, probably torture. By, mm-hmm. uh, I would sing 
you know, different Disney songs. We'd play music in the car. And and my jam was Blood on the Saddle. Oh, I'm going to do it to him right when I go downstairs right now. And I'm going to say. Why don't you share that with everybody right now? I think that'd be great. You did it on a live stream. Come on. Top 10 things you don't want to hear. You do not want to hear me sing at all. I'm never going to get you to sing, am I? Probably not. (sighs) I'm not going to stop trying, though, FYI. Um, All right. So, you know. Uh, prompted by the question we had earlier about the best moderate resort, um, I want to give you, um, we're going to do a little lightning round again, because I know how much you like these, right? So I don't want you to think about them too much because I don't want you to hurt yourself. We're going to sort of think of the best of the best of the best, right? We talk about what your, our, our favorite, what you thought the best moderate resort was going to be. We're going to do a little sort of Rapid fire, lightning round, put down the Googles and <laughs> and your cocktail and just give me what wow. you think of the best of the best for each of these is. Ready? See, the problem is, is I'm I'm a Libra. I'm a true Libra. So I have to stop and think about both sides before saying anything. So Becky, you go. are many things. A Libra may or may not be one of them. All right, here we go. I'm not going to give you any time to mentally prepare. Wow. First, best of the best deluxe resort in Walt Disney World. Mm, see, but you ask a question like that, and it depends on what you mean by that. So, best for me, of the best okay. deluxe resort, and well, I don't need right. an hour long <laughs> dissertation. I just need really, really. You're saying that of all people, hot kettle black. I know, hot kettle black. Exactly. Um, all right, for just resort, not not taking account how close they are to a theme park, Animal Kingdom Lodge. So far away. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so, so what is me, it? So I'll ask yes, you quickly. So what is it? 600 miles. What's it's the like one thing? Minutes. What's the one thing about, about Lodge that you think is oh. the best of the best? You know what? I love the background music. I love the atmosphere. I love that it's transporting you into a whole different um, realm. You're, you're, you're been transported to Africa and walking out onto the savannah and seeing all the animals, I, I think I love most is the memory when I stayed there when it first opened. Um, I had a savanna view and I woke up in the morning. I just opened my eyes and there was a giraffe just standing outside of my window. I, I just think that that is one of the most peaceful locations and I can breathe there. So it, I just I love the culture. I love the animals. I just love everything about that resort. The right answer was just Sanaa. All you need to say, say is Sanaa. Bread service. Sanaa bread service said... and you win. Right. Yes. I, I think arguments could be made for, for beach club, um, <clears throat> location, theming, dining, built-in water park, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, don't hurt yourself on this one. Best value resort. Seriously? <laughs> Becky, value resorts are these places. Yes. <laughs> Art of animation. Yeah. I, I think there's no... Um, for all the, the reasons, including there. I love the, the food court. The food court is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It is. It's one of the best. Um, all right. Let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Best of the best table service restaurants in Walt Disney World. Well, it could probably be the one that you stood me up at. Um, <laughs> which I, I had a lovely dinner all by myself, just staring at the plate across from me where someone was supposed to be so that we could experience it together. Um and I can never say the name right. It's T- Takumi Tai. Wow. <clears throat> did, did, I, yeah. I, don't hurt you. It's Takumi Tai. Thank you. I'm again. I, I was just so devastated that I had to sit there by myself. Oh, would stop with the dramatics. 
It was more like, I'm at Takumi Te. You want to come? Nope. All right, later. I'm eating by myself. I agree with you. I think Takumi Te. I'm taking Boathouse out of the equation because Boathouse. I was going to ask about that. Uh, I think Takumi Te is not only the best restaurant dining experience in Walt Disney World, Victorian Alberts. I'm looking straight at you. Because you can go to Takumi Te, Victor VA is a once in a lifetime, once every X amount of years to go. Um, you can go to Takumi Te more than once. It is immersive. It is beautiful. It is a performance. You are transported somewhere else. Um, I cannot say enough good things. And and one of these days, I'm actually going to do a live review there uh, after I go oh. back. When I go back and I weep the first time that I'm walking in the door, I just can't wait. Now, for me, that restaurant, I loved the the options. I loved the story. I love the water room. I'm not a fan of the decor of the other rooms. I, I think oh, that it's, I, it's, I think I it's think it looks elegant too much like a simplicity. cafeteria. Oh, my gosh. You're such a dude. It's <clears throat> elegant in the, its simplicity. <laughs> the the tables are way too close together. That may and, not be anyone. <laughs> well, that might not be a case anymore. That's true. But, uh, but there that is something like, to be said. We've been to Japan. You, That's sort of like yes, what Japan feels like. This is true. Um, I, I would. You said VNA. Now I will say something for the ultimate. To me, is that chef's table experience. I. It is a special occasion. Occasion scenario. It is something that is so unique and so wonderful. Um, and anytime that you have a dining experience where you have to take a thirty-minute intermission so that you can continue on, it has got to be a, a good dining experience. So I, from a top level, I adore that as well i i agree that vna regular chef's table whatever the victoria room um is it is a special occasion dining experience it is if you can do it it is it is something that you would maybe do once part of the reason why i put takumi te above that um and i think by a lot actually is because takumi te is accessible meaning that Everybody can go, meaning there's no, you know, you have to be 16 to go to VNA. You have to be very fortunate to be able to go to the chef's table in the kitchen, both for timing and for cost. I think mm-hmm. Takumi Te, while not being the least expensive meal you're ever going to have on property, does have the ability to go in and um, uh, not have to spend the same amount of money. Um the menu also change. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons that, you know, we can get into, but yeah, Takumi, I'm with you. Takumi Te, Takumi Te, and Boathouse, right. I still love you most. Yeah, so. I absolutely loved the menu there. The food was great. And yes, the cocktail options were really kind of cool too. So they did. You know, really you're right. That. And and there's, um there is one that it, it's the presentation. I don't know if you did the thing with the whiskey and the smoking. It, like the presentation is outstanding when i say that your meal is a show much like it is in a lot of places in japan it absolutely is which i think is what part of what elevates it to such a high level all right now very quick another wait a minute though really quick because we're on food the other thing i really liked um the toledo steakhouse i i like that as well i mean there's a lot of great options so yeah and if you start talking disney springs and we're in a lot of trouble too so yeah you better move on um all right. And actually, this is a question from um, a, a number of people. I know Lori Evenhouse asked this one, too. Um, 
Becky, this may not be in your wheelhouse, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you. That's all right. <laughs> best of the best character meals in Walt oh, Disney World. That's completely easy right now because I I fell in love Eating with this. Eating with me is not a character back. meal. Just so you know, that does not qualify oh, well, as a character then meal. Then I'm out. That's <laughs> <laughs> It actually is kind of like a character meal. There's so many stories I have. I could go on all day. But I will tell you the one that I love and I will go back. And I've been ever, ever since this opened, I've been back to it four times because I love this place is Topolino's Terrace. Yeah. I love how that character dining is done. I love the menu. I love the um, uh, the choices on the menu. It's not just a you know a standard buffet. It's nothing like that. You have really solid menu choices from the the quiche. I love the quiche. Um, it, it, it's so well done up there, and how the characters interact with people, and seeing Daisy in ballet's shoes, and um, the music, and how they. Uh, when they do the run around through the restaurant and they still come to your table, I think that that is the the best character meal on property right now. Yeah, and this might have to be a a top ten list of the top ten best character meals. And spoiler alert: Topolino Kun can possibly come in very very high. Um, I think location, I think food options for the breakfast and brunch are fantastic and mm-hmm. delicious they had this spiced sausage hash which was just fantastic and i may and may or may not have eaten my weight in they, they have the, some of the different <laughs> um baked goods and stuff like in the center of the table yes um can the, you refill the this, bread please? mr mangello again yes please just one more time just a little bit more of the breads the bread is amazing and yeah. you can't stop eating the bread it's, and how it's presented. It's it's just so well themed across the entire experience from the moment you walk in to the moment you leave. Yeah. I, and and now it's all your fault. I'm starving. <laughs> really? It, yes. That's going to change it from is. a normal day when? It is. So uh, this, listen, clearly I need to go get something to eat and we will uh, we will cut things here. But I want to know from you and I'll again, I'll post these questions at www.com slash community or you can just call the voicemail and answer. And let me know at 407-900-9391. Let me know your favorite deluxe moderate value resort, your favorite table service or character meal. In Walt Disney World, um, again, these uh, may be topics for future top 10 lists. And the beautiful thing is every day we are getting closer and closer to being able to go back and experience them together um, for the first time in forever. Um, it's gonna, it's going to be, again, top 10 <laughs> things you don't want me to see. That might be very high up on the list. Um, and when it comes time for you to start thinking about having questions about or planning your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, cruise line, any vacation, because let's face it, we all really need to get out of the house. Um, when you're planning a vacation, <laughs> please reach out to Becky and the entire team over at MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, especially because a lot of people don't realize we're actually open and we are actually booking things. And 
Uh, right now, we're booking into 2021. Um, we can actually book basic packages right now, even though it's not released to the general public. So we're here to help um, Disney or beyond. We do things besides Disney from the MEI travel side and would love to help you create a magical vacation experience that we're all going to need. I, I am looking around me going, where's the first place I'm going to do when I'm allowed to leave my house? <laughs> where I, have, I am looking at these walls and I am going stir crazy and I need to travel and I know others are going to have that feeling too. So whether it's a, uh, a national park that you want to go to within driving range, we can help you with that. We can help you with cruises, which by the way, a lot of people are kind of kind of wondering about cruises right now, but I think it's probably going to be one of the safest places to go because it's going to be so well controlled. Um, others do too. There was a, a major cruise line that announced the other day that they actually had a 600% increase in their bookings, 200% over last year. So I, I'm very optimistic that we're going to get back to a normal. We're going to see each other again. We are going to walk in those gates and, and sit and have a something in a cone or a corn dog or something on Main Street. It's like you said, we're one step closer to that happening. And I cannot wait to experience those things again. Becky, to quote a fine elder statesman, uh, I will quote Jack Shepard from Lost, who says, we have to go back, Kate. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. We have to go back. (laughs) And that's exactly how I feel about the parks and the cruises and Japan. I'm coming for you. Oh, my gosh. I miss so many of these places. More importantly, I miss the people. Becky, I miss you. Um, I miss, don't get hung up on that. I miss you, my friend, and and seeing you in the parks and and meets of the month and and all those things. Um, If we're continuing to do virtual meets of the month every month, if you go to www.radio.com slash community, check out the events page there. We'll do our next virtual meet of the month uh, over video chat coming really soon. But I cannot wait to travel and cruise and yes who am i kidding eat and hug you once again didn't it seem like tiana's was so long ago oh my god we were talking about that on the nation call the other night like uh, <laughs> the french quarter lounge which yeah. is one of my favorite oh, places on the planet um, gotta go back it, it seems like forever so yeah oh my gosh there's so many things to experience in so little time and we need to travel again and i miss you i mean it's been since march 6 since we actually you'll get over that when, once you see me again you'll get over it very quickly wait i have two words for you ready uh-huh. ready yeah. Ha low. <gasps> strawberry soup. <laughs> I am in love with strawberry soup and, and the pizzas. The 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 pizzas and the chicken parmesan. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see or hear, maybe even taste. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week, I took you to Adventureland in Magic Kingdom, and I said that after you cross the bridge from the central hub into Adventureland, you encounter two merchandise kiosks on your left-hand side, which are known somewhat affectionately, as we will see, Buana Bobs. And I asked you to tell me, what or who does this name pay tribute to? First things first, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer was Bob Hope kids you'll have to look up who bob hope was but originally this location was home to a ticket booth kiosk when the magic kingdom still used the old a through e system of ticket coupons today it sells pins and hats and jewelry and hawaiian themed polynesian stuff Uh, but back in 1980 it became a merchandise shop known as the adventureland kiosk In 85 or so, it was renamed Bawana Bob's after the 1963 film Call Me Bawana, which starred Bob Hope. Now, you're wondering, Bawana Bob, Bob Hope, what's the connection to Walt Disney World? Actually, Bob Hope appeared as a guest host on the NBC TV special entitled The Grand Opening of Walt Disney World, which aired on October 29, 1971. Now, Bob was actually introduced in the show by singer Glenn Campbell. Again, you may want to Google who he is, too. And he introduced Bob as the spirit of eternal youth. Bob made his grand entrance by riding into Disney's Contemporary Resort aboard Monorail Blue, joined by two VIP tour guides. He walks out, introduces himself as Bob X Mouseketeer Hope, and then asks the girls to wait for him in, of all places, Adventureland. So I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week, once again, you were playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, where you'll hear facts like this about Bawana Bob as I take you on a virtual tour of the history, details, secrets, and stories, all with the binaural 3D audio sounds of the Magic Kingdom behind you. By the way, both of those can be found on Amazon as well as in Apple Music. I'm also going to send the winner a WW Radio vinyl sticker, Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my personal collection. As you may have heard on past shows, I have been a collector of Disney and Star Wars since I was a kid. And the time has just come that I have run out of space. And more importantly, I want to share some of my collection with you. So I've been putting up 10 new items each week on eBay at www.radio.com slash eBay. Auctions begin and end Sundays at 9 p.m. They all start at $1 and no reserve. But what I'm also doing is taking some of those items, pulling them out from those lots, and I'm going to be including them as a mystery prize for this week's prize package. So last week's winner, randomly selected, is Danny Patel. So Danny or Donnie, congratulations. I have your address. Because you use the online form to enter, I will get your prize package out there right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So May marks the anniversary of the grand opening of the Disney MGM slash Hollywood Studios. And when the park opened um, on May 1st, 1989, it had, believe it or not, only five attractions in operation. What was the first new attraction added almost immediately after the park's opening date. Right, so all I want to know is what was the first new attraction that was added to the MGM Studios after the park opened in 1989? You have until Sunday, May 17th at 11.59 p.m. 
to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the books, the audio tours, the vinyl sticker, Magic Band cover, and a mystery prize from my collection. But wait, there's more, because if you enjoy playing some of these trivia games, please join me every day on my Instagram stories at instagram.com slash lumangelo as I will be doing a daily Disney trivia question. They're easy, they're fun, takes just a couple of seconds to play, and I think it's a great way to really test your knowledge and hopefully even learn something along the way. Again, instagram.com slash lumangelo. So for that and for this week's contest, good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. I appreciate you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Please don't forget to be part of the community and conversation by going to www.radio.com slash community and join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WW Radio Live on Facebook, where each week I'll share my top five live with you. It's a top five from Walt Disney World, Marvel, or Star Wars, and you can be part of the conversation by sharing and creating your list calling in there's 20 question contests and lots more again that's 7 30 p.m eastern every wednesday night at www.radiolive.com i also want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the ww radio nation family including joy johnston nancy mccullough Turingia, michael kell barra Schurz, david mcintosh and zachary hoover i sincerely appreciate you and your love support friendship and help and i also love being able to give back to you and say thank you each and every month If you want to find out how you can help support the show and also receive exclusive rewards every month, including scavenger hunts, trivia games, we have a private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, backpacks, care packages from Walt Disney World. You also have exclusive live video group calls, early access to special events, and lots more. To find out more, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Of course, it is completely optional, but it's a great way for you to help support the show. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And thanks to you and your generosity and support, we have raised more than $300,000 to send children with life-threatening illnesses to Walt Disney World through Make-A-Wish. Again, to find out more, visit www.radio.com support. If you have a question you want me to answer on an upcoming show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or call the voicemail be heard on the air with a question or a comment at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WW1. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Pinterest. And make sure you like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash Radio. And you know that as much as I love connecting with you that way, I still believe that there's nothing like having that face-to-face, look-you-in-the-eye, handshake-and-hug interactions. And, and right now, in the current state of things, we can't do that at the Disney parks, which is why for the last couple of months, we've taken our Meet of the Month and brought them online for virtual Meet of the Month. Our next one is going to be Sunday, May 24th at 8 p.m. And when I say virtual Meet of the Month, what I mean is we will gather in a video conference room via Zoom get together, chat for a while. Of course, it's completely free free and family-friendly. If the room fills up, I will also uh, simulcast it on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio. To find out more, visit our events page at www.radio.com slash events and stay tuned as things start to get a little bit clearer going forward in terms of our ability to get together. Find out more about upcoming Meets of the Month 
and special events. We do have our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise coming this January. If you go to wdwradio.com slash marvelcruise, you can find out more and get a free no-obligation quote. And although I have unfortunately had to cancel my Momentum weekend retreat in Walt Disney World or postpone it for a while, I still want to be able to try and help you turn what you love into what you do, turn your idea into reality and your passion into your profession, whether it's with one-on-one coaching. We still have one spot left for our weekly mastermind call, and we'll hopefully still be able to go forward with our in-person Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World this fall. For more information, visit loumangelo.com. And while I know that many events and conferences going forward have been canceled or postponed, if I can come and speak to your business or your group virtually, I'm able to do presentations and workshops that way, including what your business can learn and implement from the Disney parks, uh, achieving the ultimate customer experience, the power of community, leadership lessons from Walt Disney, live video, podcasting, and other topics geared towards your business and your industry. Again, visit lumangelo.com for more information. And if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word, let others know about it, tweet out that you're listening to this or your favorite episode, share it over on Facebook, and if you can, take just 30 seconds to review and rate the show over on Apple Podcasts. Thanks to you, we have more than 2,500 five-star reviews. Everyone is so very important. I want to thank some recent reviewers like EnviroG, who says... It's the best Disneyverse podcast. Lou's awesome. It's clear how passionate he is about all things Disney and enjoying yourself by yourself or with family at the parks and ships, not to mention the many Disney media outlets like movies and TV and Disney Plus. Sea Pals from Canada says, it's just so fun to listen to the podcast because you feel how Lou and his guests love what they're talking about. I'm blessed to be a part of the WW Radio family. Carmos77 says, it's the only podcast I listen to. I started listening to Lou's podcast back in 2015 and is partly to blame for the, as the fuel that fired up my Disney addiction in an awesome way, from helping me understand how to vacation at Disney better to learning about Walt Disney himself and the history behind it. I never knew there was such a large Disney community until I started listening to Lou's podcast. And that's from Karen And Hambone, I dig the name, says, it's such an informative Disney podcast. I just started listening to the podcast and I am hooked. It's a great listen and provides great Disney insight for planning a trip or cruise and gives me the Disney fix when I'm not at Disney. And Disney underscore Moose says, great show. I've gone back and listened to every single show and have finally finally caught up. I only listened in my car, so it took me a while to listen to all of them. But now I need them even more, especially with the parks closed. Disney Moose, Hambone, Karmas, Sea Pals, and Enviro G, thank you very much, not just for taking the time to listen, but to review the show, but to really help spread the word. Again, to leave a review, just search for WW Radio in Apple Podcast or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes for a direct link and instructions there. Finally, most importantly, I hope you are doing well. I hope you are staying safe and somewhat sane. Again, I know and understand and can appreciate how difficult and stressful these times are. Um, Missing Walt Disney World for so many is the least of our difficulties and concerns. And I really do hope that now more than ever, I and this show and our collective community are helping to make your day a little bit happier, um, a little bit more positive, and reinforcing the idea that you can and should 
choose the good, right? Look for and find the good in everything that happens and everything you do. Take this difficult situation and turn it into something positive. Leverage this time to spend more time with your family, with your friends, to start going down that road of, of following that dream or that new idea. And if there is some way that I can help you beyond the show, please let me know. Reach out to me directly. Schedule a call over at LouMangelo.com. Uh, I am here to help. Uh, just let me know how. Um, I look forward to the day that I can either see you again or meet you for the first time in the Disney parks. Uh, until then, I really do hope that this is your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. Um, I just finished listening to the two recent-ish episodes that you did with Jim Corcus about Animal Kingdom. Um, they were awesome. Again, so knowledgeable, so many different facts and pieces of information that I didn't know before. So I love when you have Jim on because we get to learn so much. Um, that park is my mom's absolute favorite. It always reminds me of her. And I know that you guys kind of mentioned this in one of the episodes, but the way you can sort of get lost in that park and that it's not the traditional spoken wheel design um, that you also mentioned is one of my favorite pieces of it. Um, I know, and I could see why it may be bothersome or confusing to new newer, newer visitors, but um, that's why we love it so much and that we can kind of get off the ride and then go on an expedition trail and see some animals and learn something new. And it's immersive, and we have always loved it. So I love that you guys took the time to do that. Um, so I hope you're all staying healthy and safe during this time still. Um, your podcast is certainly getting me through my days, um, and it's been awesome and a good distraction. So thank you so much. Um, I hope everyone, like I said, is doing well and staying safe. Um, so stay magical as well. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy, formerly of West Seneca, New York, and I'm calling in to say it was a fabulous virtual race, Mad Hatter, Alice in Wonderland, this past weekend. I had a blast. I did a 5K. It was sold out. Our WDW radio running team participated um, with those who did sign up. Sorry, I'm out for a bike ride. It's a beautiful day, the day after Mother's Day, and I hope everyone in our WDW Radio Box family, um, mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, uh, fur baby mothers and that, all had a wonderful Mother's Day. And I know that the Wyoming trip is approximately uh, 70 days away, and that cruise is coming up on Disney Cruise Line for Marvel Day at Sea. Um, you know, I, I think by then you guys should be able to get on that ship and feel very safe. I hope you have a wonderful, magical day. Stay positive, as Blue always says, and also choose the good. Love and hugs.
Welcome to the Walt Disney World Vacation Complex, including Epcot Center and the Magic Kingdom. Today, Epcot Center is open from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. The Magic Kingdom is open from 9 a.m. to 12 midnight. If you're going to a Walt Disney World Resort Hotel, please follow the signs or use the two far right-hand lanes at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center off Plaza. Ask the host or hostess any dining or lodging questions you may have. If you need handicapped assistance or information, also use the far right-hand lanes. For your best ticket value, Choose a three- or four-day, multi-day world passport and save between $10 and $19.50. Multi-day passports are good for unlimited admission to both parks, plus use of all Walt Disney World transportation. Use your multi-day world passport three or four days in a row or one day at a time, any day of the week, month, or year, any year, until you've enjoyed all three or four visits. Multi-day world passports are good forever. For your convenience, three kennels are located throughout the vacation kingdom and provide service for a nominal charge. Please do not leave pets in the car. Strollers and wheelchairs may be rented at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center entrance.